Welcome to the Cairo Radio Rundown, the show where we collect takes from all the hosts on the biggest stories of the week and force them to compete for take supremacy. The only winners are you, and the only losers are my friends and family who get to hang out with me less because I'm busy with this. I'm Jake Rummel. I'm taping this podcast around 645, which is just moments after Governor Jay Inslee and his wife Trudy delivered this message to the state. Tonight, we have a simple request from our family to yours. Please do not have Thanksgiving gatherings unless you're positive that everyone there has quarantined successfully for 14 days, which would start today. Otherwise, every social gathering is just one more brick in a wall of infection. It's not just Thanksgiving, but it's also your birthday parties, your Seahawks celebrations. It doesn't matter what you're doing. These gatherings in your homes are dangerous right now. You know, uh, the spike in COVID activity comes at the end of a long and tumultuous year. This is a year where more than 240,000 table chairs will be empty in homes across the United States because of the lives taken by COVID-19. And as you rethink holiday plans with your family, we hope you keep those families in your hearts. You know, we're all fatigued and it's okay to not feel okay right now. But what happens next in our state depends on what happens in our families and in our homes. That's why we implore you, rethink spending time with, your, with people outside of your household on Thanksgiving and the December holidays. Not a super surprising message near the end of a week where a lot of media coverage focused on increasing COVID case numbers, shrinking hospital capacity, and the like. We certainly talked about it on our air. For example, Dave Ross of Seattle's Morning News and reporter Aaron Granillo talked to Auburn ER doctor Stephen Anderson about his emotional state right now. You know, Dr. Anderson, when we first spoke uh, about COVID in March and April, I remember you called it the most anxiety-provoking situation in your 35-year career. Is that still true today? Could I tell you that in some ways this particular week it may even be higher than when we spoke earlier? In the back of my mind, I'm still worried about personal protective equipment. In the back of my mind, I'm always worried about beds. But um, this is our busiest season, November through February. Um, And it correlates, obviously, with being indoors. Social distancing is tough. And, you know, this particular week, it struck home because one of my dear friends who ran the emergency department in Lubbock, Texas, lost his life this last week to covid um, so healthcare workers are still dying from this disease. Um, I think I said last time I talked to you, if you know someone that works in healthcare, a frontline provider, tell them thank you. Dr. Anderson had his own thoughts on Thanksgiving. Welcome Thanksgiving, a holiday that's built around hugging and making connections with your family that you haven't seen for a while. This is not the time to get careless or lax. I do want to talk about something called stranger bias because... That's the idea that I, will, I won't get this from my family. I won't get it from my inner circle. I'm going to get it from a stranger. That's just not true. Most people are asymptomatic with this, especially young folks. They bring it home and give it to mom and they give it to grandma And those are the people that get hospitalized and have bad outcomes. A lot of the shows have been grappling with the Thanksgiving question and the unique ways everyone's going to handle it. This is Aaron Granillo again, talking with Ursula Reutin and G. Scott. Full disclosure here. Okay, I I mean, I have family, of course. Uh, My in-laws are coming to town this weekend. I'm just stressing out right now. Yes. they're, they're, They're staying at a separate place. 
I'm un, I'm uneasy about it. Like, honestly, you're I know. uneasy about them staying at a separate place, or because you about feel them like okay, coming. I'm, oh, about them. Yes. My well. My, so let's, let's your, talk about in, that. Yeah. Is it your in-laws or my, your fa- my in-laws? What am I oh, supposed to do? Right? My that's my why. mother and father-in-law are coming to town. I can't. <laughs> yeah, say, it's your yeah, in-laws. Go, <laughs> mommy, go ahead. You can hide behind this well, COVID all you want to. It's your in-laws. Well, let's let's talk about this. Well, gee, he may actually get along with his in-laws. I love my. Do you get along with great people? I honestly. Love yeah, yes. so scale of one to ten, how much? <laughs> ten, do you get eleven. Along? Don't 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 get 11. lured in. Do not get lured in. <laughs> well, what I've told my in-laws is uh, they are going to get tested before they come. They're coming from Arizona. Okay, so keep that in mind too. I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I bet. But they're going to get tested before they, before they fly in. Uh, there, uh, my. W- mother-in-law's sisters were planning to come also they are not anymore okay they're seeing the rising cases they have canceled their flights thankfully i'm okay. thankful okay be, let's be honest yeah. because this is where i'm at right now if my yeah. sister's listening to i love you honey yeah. i just I, there's a part of me that wants to say go with the order go yeah. with the stay home order so then i can just say look it's yeah. out of my hands yeah. we can't we can't i need to not be a chicken and just say we got to do it differently. I got to say sorry to my son, my other son, who was going to bring his girlfriend over. Mm-hmm. I think it's just got to be my yeah. immediate family. So we heard Ursula and Aaron's plans there. G had a recommendation for everyone else, and then he talked about his own plans. Yeah. Here's my deal. Here's my deal with you, Ursula, uh-huh. Chef, and AG. Okay, here's the deal. You're going to have to tell the truth on what you do this Thanksgiving. Okay. I mean, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't sugarcoat it. And that means when it's turkey time. And it's time for the prayer. If I don't know if you say prayer or not, and you bring out that overrated turkey that everybody thinks is good. Here's what here's what everybody has to do. You have to take a picture of the setting. <laughs> Ursula, oh. I don't want those. I don't want those make believe with the mask on, six feet apart. No, I want you to tell the truth in your Thanksgiving setting. If you can do that, we can move forward. Well, what are you doing? This is Mr. Ordering everybody to do what, what, what he wants. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Nothing. <laughs> well, no, no, no. for you then. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. No wonder We're, he wants to see pictures. I was, supposed to be, I was supposed to be in Chicago. I promise. I, Mom, I don't know if you're listening, but I don't even, I don't even know if I'm going to um, be in Chicago at all. I was supposed to be there because uh, Baby G plays Ohio State. I'm scared to play the University of Illinois that Saturday. I don't even know if I want – I'm not going to even fly that weekend. So nothing. Like I really – like this is serious. But at the same time, just because how I feel, I just want people out there to know, look, I, I want you guys to be safe. I want you to do the best thing that's possible for your family because I think this is a time right now. We're talking about holidays. We're talking about the ultimate reset of the year. There is – there's no way I'm going to tell people what they should or should not do. We can look at the. <laughs> you just want pictures, though. <laughs> I just want, but, but but I want them pictures, though. John and Tom were on the air when Inslee made his statement that we played at the top there. It inspired Tom to needle John about his Thanksgiving plans. He's not seeing his extended family, but that doesn't really have anything to do with the pandemic. Thanksgiving yeah. is not for another two weeks, but uh, yeah, but you know said- now to, to make those to have those difficult conversations. <laughs> Because this is really all about love, and that's what the government represents, love. It's, the government is love. True, John. The government is around. love. <laughs> but Never remember, forget you said, that. You don't need God. You need the government, and the t- government is love. You need 14 days of quarantine, and today is the first of 14 days leading up to Thanksgiving. So that's, that's an appropriate time to have it today. I see. Okay. See? Right. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Remember, John, you're just burned that your brother didn't love you enough or maybe loved you too much to allow you to come visit him over Thanksgiving. I'm not burned by it. He made a personal choice. I agreed with him on it. I was willing to go there. there My sister, on the other hand, said, you can come here. My sister is the worst cook in the world. (laughs) I mean, it is so (laughs) gross what she has in that refrigerator. I'm like, Lord, do you have anything other than ice cream? Seriously, (laughs) all you have in your entire freezer is ice cream. So I would not, I don't want to go to Lori's. She's like, you know, know, there's nothing wrong with these these chicken fingers. I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to do that. Thanksgiving is not about the food, John. The food is the excuse for the family to get together. So you can still get together with her and not eat. No, because you've got to be there. At least have something to eat. And then we'd all be well, like, no, there would be nothing. And then I'd say to Rye, you want to go to Denny's? And you're like, oh, my God, Dad, this is so depressing. Let's hear from Dory Monson. He was talking about what we might be able to expect from Inslee's statement. And at the time, we weren't sure if the announcement was going to be about lockdowns or maybe he had accepted a, a position in Biden's cabinet. But for Dory, it also didn't really matter. Everything Jay Inslee has been telling us since last March, was just absolutely wrong. At first, they told us they had to shut down restaurants and bars. Remember that? Back in late February, early March, they'd shut down restaurants and bars to flatten the curve. And so people complied. I've complied. Uh, I, I thought at the time that, yeah, that was necessary uh, because that was the information we were being given. We flattened the curve. They told us that they were going to have to do triage on the sidewalks outside of hospitals because they were going to be overrun. That never happened. They went to the Trump administration and said, can you have the U.S. Army come and build a hospital for us down at the CenturyLink Center Event Center? And so, lo and behold, the United States Army swoops in, builds a hospital, millions of dollars spent, and what happens? They didn't have any patients. We didn't need it. Everything that Jay Inslee has been telling us since last March seems to have been wrong. You know, and I dubbed him the data daddy because... He didn't have any data to back up what he was saying, but they kept telling us, if you do this, this, and this, then this will happen. Well, we did this, this, and this, but this hasn't happened. So we talked about a bunch of heavy stuff. I'll leave you with a bit of a palate cleanser. If you listen to the Tom and Curly show at all the last couple of days, you might have noticed that John was out. He returned today, and this was his explanation for his absence. I come from a long line of people that don't go to the hospital, and it's fairly remarkable that there's even a line at all because we're not people that go to the hospital. When my sister fell from a tree like a bag of hammers, my mom applied equal amounts of ice and mockery, one to stop the swelling, the other to stop the crying. And what could only be described as a bizarre frozen orange juice defrosting accident because it involved defrosting frozen orange juice, I severed my thumb to such a degree that even to this day I have trouble exaggerating the severity. It was that bad. I was eight, and I knew that I needed snitches. Yes, I mispronounced the word stitches for snitches. Blame it on the sudden drop of blood pressure or the massive loss of blood or my overbite. Did I mention that my parents also didn't like taking us to the dentist 
and now it had become a big joke. For the next hour and a half, about the same time it took for the nerve endings to die at the top of my thumb, snitches would then live on in the family classic culture of recall jokes for any open, gushing flesh wound that befalled an immediate family member, including my father, who accidentally was hit with a golf club by me in the temple, and he sure could have used some snitches. So on Tuesday, while heading to a Botox appointment in Cleelum, which is a whole other story... I began to lose sight in my left eye, even more sight. I say more sight because it had been getting dark for about three weeks and I just figured it would get better on its own, as long as I didn't pick at it. You see, not picking at something seemed to be the standard measure of care doled out by my mother other than ice and mocking. I called my eyeglass doctor in a panic. I don't really know him as well, especially since dropping the eye care coverage offered here at uh, Bonneville. Our relationship has never extended beyond him asking me in a sing-songy voice, one or two, one or two. Occasionally, he would switch it up to better or better. He seemed sincerely panicked by my description of my left eye presently, its present state. Quote, get yourself to a hospital right away, he said. I figured the little spa next to the Safeway in Cleelum that once a month does Botox injections was not my best option, although it was only 400 feet away, according to my Google Maps. I turned around, I beat it back to Seattle, and within four hours, I was being stripped of my clothes in the OR, and a nice nurse named Marta spent more than enough time trying to find my underwear while folding my pants into a large green plastic bag. I was forced to admit to her that I didn't think I had any on, didn't come in with any underwear. I blamed it on my lack of depth perception while getting dressed in the morning. So long story short, and by the way, side note, when anyone says that, it's normally way past the point of editing or shortening the said story. Dr. Scott, that's not his real name. I didn't want to use his real name for fear that he would sue me later for anything I might have said about him while going under an anesthesia. He operated on my eye, and now I can expect a full recovery using my left eye again. It would be a much better prognosis than if I could possibly imagine if my own mother had attended to my needs. After the ice and the mockery and the use of the word snitches only gets you so far when you have a bleeding detached retina. I'll leave the rest of the hospital. Now, I just need to take care of those frown lines Get them to disappear. So that's what I sent Jacob this morning <laughs> to explain what had happened to me. And the only good thing I can say, because when Sean came in to ask about it, is they, when you have a detached retina, they put a gas bubble in your eye. The gas bubble floats up to the top and presses the retina, think of it like wallpaper, against the back of your eye. And that's what the gas bubble does. So I can't see anything out of my left eye other than the gas bubble. So I said I have the unique ability to tell whether something is slightly askew. Like, for instance, the monitor, Jacob, right there. See it right there? I do. Okay. Well, I can, yes, hold on. I can... well hang on. Let me test my gas bubble. <laughs> and that is askew to the left, correct? <laughs> well, you, that's correct. But All I can right. also see that with my normal eyes. Uh, just well, hey, we, uh, <laughs> don't take away the only thing I got left, which is a gas bubble in my left eye. So that's the rundown for November 12th, 2020. Once again, I'm Jake Rummel. I also produce, mix, and edit the show. I've made a habit of starting off each rundown with an increasingly ridiculous metaphor to describe what the show is. If you have a suggestion for one that you want me to use, please leave us a voicemail at 707-559-8102. Sorry, it's not an easy number to remember. It's the one Google gave me. Thanks for listening. You don't always have time to listen to every Cairo radio show, but you'll always have time for the Cairo radio rundown. See you on Tuesday.